Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Great job, everybody. Good job, Abigail. And how amazing was that worship this morning? Come on. Good job. You guys are amazing. So I am going to dismiss you kids for your class. I know you're excited, but wait. Just wait. There's more. So um, Pastor Mike is in Haiti right now, and I think we have a picture of Pastor Mike. Yeah, so there, there it is. So you see Pastor Mike um, towards the left there next to him is Pritt. On the other end is Dana. He met yesterday with a group of the leaders. Um, Pritt and Dana have been missionaries in Haiti for almost 40 years. Wow. They set out in 1983, and so they have done a lot in Haiti. They have five churches, four schools, a four-year Bible college. They feed 1,000 students every day in their schools, and Mike just has gone to like support them, and yesterday he met with all of their leaders to encourage them. He was preaching in their church, one of the churches, this morning, so pray for Pastor Mike, and such a short trip. He'll be back on Thursday, so it's my privilege to bring you the word, and one more thing, kids, before you go. I thought you might like to hear a joke. Yeah, okay. So this morning, I actually forgot. You know, I love jokes. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a joke. So let me look up a joke about the Olympics, because I love the Olympics. And let me just tell you, there are some really bad, really bad jokes. And so this was the best one that I could find, but I thought you would like it. If you guys find a really good joke about the Olympics, please send it to me, and I'll pull it out next time we have, like, the Summer Olympics. Okay, so why did Cinderella never win at the Olympics. Her coach is a pumpkin. <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, kids, you can go to your class with Abigail. Have fun. I only, I'll tell you one more after, okay? I've got one more. You can tell me after. (laughs) So I love the Olympics. Have any of you been watching the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's one of my favorite things. And basically we've been watching it nonstop, right, Caleb? Yeah, it's just (laughs) been like Olympics, Olympics, Olympics. And uh, this is my, so there have been so many great things this year at the Olympics. But my favorite story of the Olympics this time was Erin Jackson. She is a speed skater, and leading up to the Olympic Games, she was ranked number one in the world. So they have the Olympic trials for each country, and at the Olympic trials, she slipped, and she finished third in her race. So she did not qualify to go to the Olympics, and it was devastating for her because you know, she's prepared and given her whole life, and she's, like, ranked number one in the world. And so her friend, Brittany Bowe, actually finished first in that qualifying race. She gave up her spot so that Brittany Bowe could compete at the Olympics. And it was amazing. And so you know this whole story, and Brittany Bowe's there, and it's the 500 meters, it's speed skating, and she is the last one to skate, right? So whenever they're, like, the last one, you're like, 
well, this is it. This is going to determine if they win or not. And so she is like going to skate, and Brittany Bow is there. She's given up her spot, and she is cheering for Aaron Jackson. And so Aaron Jackson is like skating, and she crosses the line, and she wins the gold medal. <laughs> it was amazing. It was really awesome. That was definitely my favorite moment in the Olympics. And this is what she said in an interview. Aaron said, it's so amazing, and it's just hard to imagine someone making that sort of a sacrifice for you. And it was amazing. And when I read that quote, I think, I can imagine someone making a sacrifice like that, right? Like Jesus had this position in heaven, and he gave it up so that he could come to earth, so that he could live among us, so that he could die for our sins on the cross and take our place. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take a deep breath. (laughs) I got out of breath there. I was excited to tell you that story. Um, So the Olympic Games are all about the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Have you heard that phrase? And uh, our lives are much the same. We go through like times where it's like great and awesome, and then we go through seasons where it's really difficult. And uh, there's a quote. It's attributed to Plato, but probably not spoken by Plato, but nonetheless, it's true. And this is it. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Now, how many of you know that we all walk through things? Even people that you think have it all together are probably fighting a battle that you know nothing about. And so how do we walk through difficult things in our life? And what should we be focused on? That's what I'm going to talk to you about today. So I want to remind you that God is with you. You don't have to be afraid. You can trust him. He's right beside you in whatever you're walking through. And so let's look at some Old Testament people and how God was with them. So in the very beginning, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. God was with Abraham and Sarah as they awaited their promised child. He was with Moses and and the Israelites in the wilderness. He was with Joshua as they entered the promised land. And God said to Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God was with Ruth as she left her people to serve Naomi. God was with David as he fought the giant. And uh, he was with David as he worshipped and wrote the Psalms that we're able to read today. And I love this verse from Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Abednego in the fiery furnace. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with Esther as she bravely saved her people. He was with Gideon as he faced a vast army. And if you want to learn more about Gideon, you should uh, listen to Jeremy's sermon from two weeks ago. If you missed that, it was really good. And so these are just a few examples of how God was with people in the Old Testament, but he's also with you. So we're going to move into the New Testament. And in the very beginning, in the book of Matthew, Matthew 1, verse 23, you know, it's Mary and Joseph and all the things are happening and the angel has come to Mary and the angels come to Joseph, and this is what the angel said to Joseph, and he's quoting from the book of Isaiah. He said, 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so not only had God been with his people since the beginning of time, now he was going to send his own son to be with him and to sacrifice himself for us. So I'm going to talk to you about a time that Jesus was with his disciples, and uh, it's in Matthew 8. And for a little backstory, I'm going to tell you some things that were happening leading up to the story that we're going to talk about. So in Matthew chapter 8, we read about Jesus. He healed a man with leprosy. He healed the centurion's servant. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. And in Matthew 8, verse 16, we read, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick, every single one. There was not one that he couldn't heal, wouldn't heal. He healed all the sick. Don't you know that our God is a healer? Our God is a miracle-working God. I love that song that we sang today, Believe for It. And I want to think that they sang it just for me because they know that I love it, but I think they also do love it. But I take it very personally, like, yes, I love this song. But we can believe for miracles because our God is a miracle-working God. Okay, so our main text today, we're going to read Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to read uh, verse 23 to 27. Are you ready? Are you ready for the Bible? <laughs> All right. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm <clears throat> came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And he replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. <clears throat> now let's look at the story a little bit more closely. So Jesus got into the boat first, and the disciples followed him. And I love this because the word disciple means follower. So the disciples followed Jesus into the boat. In fact, the disciples decided to follow Jesus for their whole life. And you can also choose to follow Jesus. Just like the disciples, you can choose to follow him. And if you make that decision, we really want to know about it. And if you're here in person, you can come up and we'll pray for you after. And if you're watching or listening online, you can go to victorychristian.church, click on next steps. We really want to hear from you and help you as you follow Jesus. Now, the disciples were in the boat with Jesus. I don't have a lot of boating experience. Any boaters out here today? No, I don't see any hands. Okay, so I have very little boating experience. But when I was a kid, and remember, you know like how when you're a kid, you're like, was I five? Was I 10? I don't remember. Somewhere between five and 10. I remember we were on vacation, and my dad loved sailing. Like sailing was one of his things that he loved. In fact, we used to live... Um, close to a lake, and he would keep like a sailboat near the lake so that he could sail whenever. Anyway, so we were on vacation one time, and I remember he decided to rent this sailboat and take me out sailing, and it was kind of like in a harbor um, that like went out to the ocean. So we're in the harbor, and when we set out, pretty calm, 
pretty nice day. And as, the, as we were out sailing in the, the harbor or whatever, I think the weather got um, kind of bad. And I remember it was kind of a struggle for my dad to like get us back to shore. And at the time, I didn't really realize that we were in any kind of like danger. But I remember my mom was kind of freaking out when we got back to shore. So maybe that was a clue. But as the story got told, as I got older, I was like, oh, right. I think that was probably really dangerous. And maybe my dad just held it together so that I wouldn't be scared. So I didn't know that we were in danger, but the disciples knew. They were used to being in boats. Many of them were fishermen. And they were particularly scared. So I'm thinking it must have been a very bad storm. It caught them by surprise. It happened suddenly. It was a furious storm. One of the versions says it was a squall. (laughs) Not sure what that is, but it sounds worse than storm, I think. And so they knew the danger they were in, and they thought that they were going to drown. And so what do the disciples do? They go and wake up Jesus. And I find it fascinating that Jesus was asleep. Like, I get that you're tired because you healed the leper and the servant and the mother-in-law and all the demon-possessed people and everyone that was brought to you. Like, I get that you're tired, but like, how tired must you be to sleep through like 20-foot waves going over? Like, wouldn't the water? Anyway, I don't know. We can ask him when we get to heaven, but they wake him up and they say, save us, Jesus, save us. And they told Jesus, we're going to drown. And I think this is really funny because, like, the disciples are telling the Son of God what's going to happen in the future. Like, they need to inform him of what's going to happen. And I think that's really funny. But I do that too, (laughs) right? Sometimes I'm sure about what's going to happen. I'm like, God, this is going to happen. And I'm sure he's like, you don't know. I know. I know the future. And so I just thought that was a little bit funny. And uh, this is what Jesus, this is how he responded. And I feel like he said it not like harshly, but like, you know how like if you're a mom or a dad and you just are trying to get your child to understand something, you're like, I really want you to understand this. He says, you of little faith. And the word faith here means to believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance. So they had faith, but they had little faith. They had insufficient faith. They did not have faith that was completely trusting and relying on Jesus. They had enough faith to go to Jesus with their problem, but they didn't really know what he could do. And in fact, it says that they were amazed when he calmed the storm, and I think, okay, so you went to Jesus, you said, save us, we're going to drown, and then he saves you, and then you're like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what he just did. What did you think he was going to do? Like, (laughs) did you think he was just going to like transport the boat real fast? The others, I don't know what they thought he was going to do, but they were amazed at what he did. So even though Jesus could see that their faith was not very strong, he still answered their prayer. He still saved them, and Jesus is not going to turn you away because your faith is little. He is still going to answer your prayer, but he wants your faith 
to grow. So um, there's a saying in the Bible that says, faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. And I was thinking about this, and I thought, okay, yeah, so faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains, but you can't just hold on to that faith. You have to plant it. You have to do something to help it to grow. So how do you plant your faith, your mustard seed amount of faith, and have it grow? Well, one thing you're doing is, like, you're doing it right now, right? You're listening to the Word of God. You're learning more about Him. There's so many things that you can do to grow that seed of faith by planting it. You want to spend time with God in worship, like we did this morning, in prayer. And one of the things I think is key to walking out this life of faith, excuse me, excuse me, stand. I did not mean to bump into you there. Um, One of the keys to walking out this life of faith is to be with other believers. You know, when you are with other people that believe their faith helps your faith to grow, and maybe they have a testimony of something that God has done in their life, and it makes you believe, you know what? Maybe God can do that in my life. I know for all of us, when we hear Maxine say that she had cancer and they had given her a death sentence, but she believed that God was going to heal her, and guess what? He did heal her, and so now we can have faith. Our faith is increased. It makes such a difference when you're going through something to talk to someone that you trust and to ask them to pray for you. I know that it, may, it means so much to me when I'm walking through something and I know that other people care and they are praying for me. So I think that Jesus can see that they have faith, but just not enough faith to overcome their fear. He said, why are you so afraid? Of course, it was pretty natural for them to be afraid of the storm. Like it was, I'm sure it was really scary. But Jesus wanted them to trust and rely on him to the point that they weren't actually scared of the thing that they should be scared of, of the storm that they're facing. And he wants to help us in the same way. He wants to increase our faith so that whatever we're going through, that in the midst of our storm, our trial, our difficulty, we can, instead of giving into fear, which is really easy to do, we can choose to rely on him, to trust him. We can choose faith over fear. And you can tell your level of faith by your level of fear. So if you are living in fear and anxiety, then you're not trusting and relying on Jesus completely. Sometimes our circumstances hit us just like waves, just like like it crashes over you and like it can happen suddenly like maybe you get a phone call maybe you get a diagnosis maybe like something happens and all of a sudden the circumstance just like hits you like a wave and crashes over you it's so easy to be afraid in that in that moment and the more that we focus on the thing that is wrong the less faith we have the more fear that we have. And the more that we can focus on Jesus in that moment, our faith will increase. So in our moment of weakness, it's really important to remember to cry out to Jesus. Like the disciples, with the little amount of faith that they had, they knew like, well, let's wake up Jesus. Maybe he can help us. And so in that moment where the fear is trying to take over, where you have just this moment where like, I don't know if I can do this. You have to remember that God is with you. 
He's right beside you. He is in your boat. He's in your storm, and he cares about what you're going through. You are not alone. So after this, Jesus got up, and he rebuked the winds and waves. I read something that it was like, it was almost like he was talking to a puppy. Now, calm down. Now, calm down. Yeah. So he speaks to the wind and waves, and they just completely stop, which is miraculous. Like, do you remember, like, when you're a, you're a kid, and you're in the bathtub, and you're like, let's see if we can make this water, like, slosh and splash, right? So if you stopped sloshing, does the water stop? No, the water keeps going, which I just think is amazing. Like, I for some reason, I can understand wind stopping suddenly, but like the water just is just calm after 20-foot waves. That's pretty amazing, and it reminds me of the song that we sing today. Believe for it. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. Nothing is impossible for him, and you need to trust him and rely on him completely. So the men were amazed, and they said, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. They didn't yet realize that Jesus is God. They had seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle after miracle, but they still were unaware of how amazing our God is. And I think it's the same for us. Maybe you've seen God do some amazing things, but he is even more amazing than you realize. He was even more amazing than the disciples realized, and they walked with him day in and day out. So Jesus, he was with his followers for three years, and after he died from the cro- died on the cross for our sins, he rose again and appeared to them. And just before he was going to go up to heaven, he talked to them, and he commissioned them and t- told them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. And the very last statement in the book of Matthew is this, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So if Jesus is about to ascend and go into heaven, how is he able to promise to be with the disciples forever? Well, in John 14, we see Jesus telling the disciples about the Holy Spirit. So he's going to send them the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful that I know that he is right beside me. Every moment of every day, I can call out to him. He is with me, and I don't have to face difficulties alone. And if you um, would like to learn more about the Holy Spirit, we actually have a class here at Victory at 10 o'clock. We have a Holy Spirit Bible study. We had like such a great group in there this morning, and if you are interested in learning more, I encourage you to join that group. That's just a little plug there. It's not just because my husband is the teacher. I think he's cute and all that. No, it really is a good, it really is a good group. So uh, it's interesting that this is the message that God gave me to speak to you today because I really feel like I'm like living it right now because, oh my gosh, because I'm walking through something difficult with a family member and don't worry, it's not Mike or the kids. It's like someone in my family and it's been really hard because, you know, you have those moments where something happens and it just feels very overwhelming. I remember recently I was like in the car and I started to think about, well, this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. And I was, I like 
God reminded me, okay, what do you need to do today? I was like, okay. All right, I, I can do what I have to do today. I can't think through all the things that could happen in the future. And I just have had such moments where I've had like difficult moments, but I also have had like just, God just gave me grace, right? Grace to walk through it. Like faith to believe that even though it doesn't look good, that God can come through. It doesn't look like it's going to work out well, but I know that God is able, and he is reminding me, even as I have been preparing this message, that he's with me and that I don't have to be afraid. So there's a passage um, in Isaiah 43, uh, verse 1 and 2, and it's both encouraging and also slightly disheartening because it's saying you're going to go through some things, right? But when you go through some things, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to help you. And so this is what it says, Isaiah 43, 1 through 2. But now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Do you feel like that verse is speaking to you? Like, do you feel like maybe you're like going through some water or you're going through some fire? God wants to remind you that he is with you. He wants you to choose faith over fear. He's walking beside you and he's going to see you through. In every one of those verses, it says when you walk through... When you walk through, like you're going to get through to the other side. So what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to think about something that you are facing right now that is difficult for you. And I'm going to ask you to actually declare with me and repeat after me, God is with me. I don't have to be afraid. Okay? So I want you to think about the thing that you're facing and then if you want to, I'm not, I'm not going to like make you, but you can repeat after me, God is with me. I don't have to be afraid. There is a, so I woke up this morning with this song on my heart, and it's like an old, an older song, and uh, it's called I Will Exalt You, it's by Hillsong, and there's just one line in that song that just was like, playing through my mind, and I played the song many, many times this morning as I was praying about the message, and it says, because you're with me, I will not fear. And so when you are facing something, when you're having one of those moments where it's just crashing over you and it's feeling very overwhelming, you can speak to God and you can say, because you're with me, I will not fear. And if you're walking through something and you're here today, we would love to pray for you. You can come up after we close service. And if you're online and you have a prayer request, we would really love to pray for you. And you can email us at friends at victorychristian.church. Let us know what you need prayer for, and we would love to stand and believe with you. So I'm going to leave you with a prayer that Paul prays for the church in Corinth. It's at the very end of the book of 2 Corinthians. It's 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. 13 verse 14, and this is my prayer 
for you today. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.com.